And we're live. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Fat Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having a good conversation with Reno and Angela Olvera from Infinite Inc. Apparel out of Laurel, Montana. In our past business dealings, we've had some conversations, obviously, with Reno and Angela, but never had the time to just do a deep dive into his background as a Marine combat videographer. So we took the time today, figured out what is that all about? We are joined by our good friend, Mr. Cody McNiven, who's always fun to have here at the Big Fat Studios. Help us spread the gospel of the Big Fat Podcast by hitting that like button, the share. Make sure you subscribe. Why? Because it just feels good. All right, let's get into this. Hey, hey. welcome to the Big Fat Podcast. We're sitting here today with uh, Reno and Angela Olvera. Yep. Am I ever pronouncing that right? Oh, you're I was pronouncing it perfect. Okay. Do you get yeah. a lot of mispronunciations? Yeah. There's Olivera, Oliver. All. What was your name? Yeah. You know, those <laughs> kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like I'm when I'm saying I need to get a hold of Reno, and then I'll go to say your last name, or I'll tell yeah. somebody about you, and I'm like, yeah. I feel like I'm messing this up. Yeah. So I'm glad we uh, checked on that. We cleared yeah. that up. Yeah. And our uh, and and Cody. Good morning. Good. Good to morning. See you. Good to see you here again. Glad to be here. And it's not snowing. I'm not locked in. Last time, you, uh, yeah, you were out there behind a wreck and couldn't make it in. Well, well there's a, yeah, there's a hill that you have to get down and get out of our, our uh, neighborhood. Yeah. And it was, yeah, the guy had wrecked on the hill. So you couldn't, I mean, they had to call a trucker. And you can go 17 miles around, but it was a snowstorm. I wasn't too up for that idea yeah well we were lost here without you <laughs> <laughs> i was bummed i will tell you that well cool um hey so so reno yeah we uh you know we're going to get into this more about the some, the products that you've done for us and how we've kind of you know worked together on some of that but i wanted to kind of get into your background as how number one how did you get into the marines yeah how did you end up getting into the marines and then i want to find out like from there like how did you become a combat videographer yeah absolutely um well it all started when it was about my junior year i had uh um i was at a track i was actually at a wrestling meet and one of the marine recruiters had come up to me and i was like not a chance buddy i was like no nah, no nah, not a chance get away from me well it came my senior year we were actually at state for track same recruiter came up to me and I, I told him, I was like, hey, I tell you what, I will join the Marines if you have a, a, a video or a photography job. I didn't know that existed. Not even two days later, he gives me a call up and he says, hey, I got you a video job in the Marine Corps. I thought he was kidding. Nope. Sure as anything, he got me that video job. Huh. And uh, before he knew it, I was shipped to boot camp, shipped to MOS school, which is our, your training school. And uh, right after that, I was I found myself uh, doing combat video and combat photography over in Iraq. So um, what was the training? What was the like the training for that? Like the AIT uh, yeah. advanced individual training. Right. So I was in personnel and honestly, ours was pretty hokey. Our, yeah. our training was pretty hokey. <laughs> yeah, I go figure. But I'm wondering, like, how in depth did that get? How do they what are they teaching you at combat videography? Like here right. when you getting shot at like hold the camera up here and hide behind something like what are they teaching you? yeah so a lot of it is just your your basic video skills you know like i figured we were going in there learning how to get shot at and 
you know, shoot at, shoot back at with the camera. Um, but we shared it with the Air Force, the Navy, and, you know, the Army and Coast Guard. And, you know, as you know, they don't shoot as much as, as Marines do. So um, we kind of just learned the, the basic video concepts of editing, um, color correction, audio, you know, all that and stuff. Um, I think the real training that we actually got when it got to the point of, of actually doing our job was the pre-deployment training after our MOS school or our or AIT school in, in retrospect. Um, so in that class, I mean, it was it was a good five or six month class. I mean, they, they went into the intricacy of of, you know, how to troubleshoot your camera. And, and there was a couple we did a couple of uh, like of paintball type. Uh, simulations when it came to training you know you got they're like here you be videoing and we're gonna shoot paintballs at you yeah and it was just all fun and games at that point you know you got one guy videoing and and you got 10 other guys shooting and they're just laughing because you're getting just pummeled and stuff but um when it got to the seriousness of it like for pre-deployment training before you know you hit the combat zone um you you really get tested on where you're at and what you're doing you know, um, you can really get when when you get into that that mind zone, you can get into that little LCD screen and you're kind of sitting there, you know, following it. But before you realize it, you're like, oh, I'm in the middle of a combat zone. I should probably look out and take my horse blinders off and and really like concentrate on what I'm doing and how I'm taking how I'm taking shots and and look at my background or, you know, look at my foreground and background. Um, but a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you only shoot the shoot the camera it's no i i had my uh my my weapons with me right by my side you know marines riflemen first as they always say but right. um it's also you know knowing the difference between pulling up your camera and and pulling up uh you know your your weapon and stuff like that so yeah like when is it like hey when is it to the point where uh hey i i should be defending myself here right you know and quit documenting this or I mean, yeah and sometimes at some points it wasn't necessarily yourself it's when you've seen your buddy yeah you know and you realize oh crap they need my help or or you know something of that sort um and like i said you you see it in the camera and you really it's like you're watching a movie you're you're actually part of the reality but you're you're actually watching the movie yeah and it gets intense. Um, I'll say it gets more intense and you're more into reality um, when it comes to uh, actually editing and watching the video over and over again. That's when that reality hits you. When you're like, oh, wow, I was there. You know, I, I was actually filming that. Yeah. Why was I doing that? Why was I just standing up when I should have been kneeling? You know, yeah. those kind of things. And they really hit you. And uh, and then it's lesson learned on that, too. You know, like. Um, you, you learn your lessons, you know, some of, some of our guys didn't get lucky in learning those lessons like I did, but you know, it, it, it's, it's just a, it's a heck of a field to be in too, you know, like when you're carrying, I was known as the guy that destroyed a lot of equipment, you know, like, uh, I definitely upped our budget in, in our combat budget for camera equipment because every time the supply guys seen me, they're like, ah, oh, you broke another one, didn't you? And these cameras aren't cheap. They're yeah. five six ten thousand dollar cameras you know so yeah it was kind of one of those things where um do they do anything to um like do they do anything to to toughen those cameras up do they do anything to camouflage them yeah well you're wrapping it with some burlap i mean you know we like some of the lenses we had a little bit of camouflage but honestly the uh when it came to the cameras themselves no not really like they're pretty tough we had um 
when I was out there, which was back in 07, 08, um, when I was out there, we had, you know, the Canon Mark IIs. Yeah. And then uh, what was called the PD-170s with the D- mini DV tapes. Right okay. And that HD kind of came out, but it was on the tapes. And, uh, I mean, we always called those PD-170s. We always called those um, bulletproof. I swear, like, those things, before we switched over to, I believe it was a Panasonic digital solid hard drive-based camera, um, those things, I mean, you drop it from, a you know, a two-story um a two-story floor and go down and just wipe it off and it'd still be working you know like and but as far as preparation no like uh the hardest thing i found out there uh there was two things was keeping batteries charged like when you're in that heat and everything you got them all in your pack behind you and you're 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 trying to switch out and your your batteries only last in 10 15 minutes and you know it was fully charged before you went out there on the convoy or 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 patrol um that was hard. And secondary were the, um, the, we called them the chameleons. They were basically radio blockers for the, for the IEDs, the improvised explosive devices. And you stand next to them, your whole camera would just go on the fritz and just wipe everything clean. Oh. So you had to be careful. And when you hopped in the vehicles with them, you had to make sure your camera was off. Because if it's on, it's uh, going to be susceptible to that jamming or whatever they right, were trying to do there. Right, right. Sorry, I was just grabbing my own. Oh, I felt I like I was far away. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was Simon Says. So I, I wasn't was like, signaling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. No, sometimes I'm just on autopilot over yeah. here. I'm not sending signals. Yeah. Cody makes it sound like I'm sending yeah, signals. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's interesting. So did they... Do they start? Do they ever get into telling you like this is what you can film, this is what you can't film, or 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 what are the lines? Do they teach you what are the lines, or do you go out there and just kind of figure out what the lines are? You know, I think it, a lot of it was they did teach you. Um, they did tell you what to look for and how to, so to speak, cover certain things up. Um, but I will say on the moral line is your own personal moral line. You know what am I doing? What am I, what message am I sending as I send this footage or, or, or photography back to the Pentagon or DIMOC or DIVIDS or whatever they call it. There's multiple acronyms, but we'd send it back to the Pentagon and they would basically just, um, either if it was classified or unclassified, then they would, you know, send out the footage. Um, when it came to, when it comes to that, they'd always tell us, Hey, hearts and minds, Marines, hearts and minds. You know, and, and, and they would instill that into us. But, you know, it's war. Like, there's yeah. bad things that happen. There's there's things that were, you know, that recorded that will never be seen in, uh, in, in the eyes of anybody because, you know, I just felt it wasn't morally right. But there's a lot of things out there, you know, it's like, hey, I want this to get out there. And you got to be careful how your story is, is portrayed, too, because the media will always mix it up. Yeah. And I, I seen that tenfold when I was answering to the commander who who was asking hey why does xyz news station have your all your footage up there and they're telling the story this way when it actually happened this way and then I'd have to like I'd have to put a whole put everything out there and say hey, this is exactly how I had it this is exactly how I had everything and you know it basically prove my side of the story prove my innocence on I didn't feed the story this way they manipulated the footage this way. So um, 
I guess in long and short to answer your question is like, yeah, we were told, you know, hey, have cultural awareness, you know, be aware of your surroundings, know what you're recording and, and know how to tell your story. But when it comes to actually um, telling your story, you know, it's it's how you see it and it's in your eyes, you know. Yeah. And um, and and like me, I, I always believe I have high moral values. If I seen something was happening to a local that, you know, maybe a military guy shouldn't have been doing, you know, if, if I wasn't tackling him, telling him, hey, don't do that. I was at least shutting off the camera or I, I was knowing that, hey, maybe that footage shouldn't be around have a talk with him or his commanders or, or, or staff and COs later or staff non-commissioned officers later. So did that ever cause like any, I don't know, are guys stressed out about footage that you're capturing and they're like, Hey man, like, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. Like, did that did you cause he's come up to you and say, Hey, cut that out. Would you? Yeah. You know, um, I would, but, uh, that was all in gaining trust in him. Um, they would know that I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything to do harm to the unit. You know, they were my brothers and some of my sisters, too. And and if they were doing something dumb, I'd be like, hey, man, you know, or I would I would be able to at least filter it out, you know. And I'm not saying they were doing something illegal, right, just yeah, something, yeah. you know, that made them wouldn't make Marines look smart, which we know there's plenty of stuff out there that doesn't make Marines look smart. Right. But <laughs> we'll we'll leave that comment to itself. <laughs> um, like so. With, with that being said, though, like, you know, that building trust, it all started from pre-deployment, you know, because we were considered individual augments. So what that means is we would be attached to a unit, like we'd have our own unit, and then they'd attach us to different units Okay. all, all the way out. So I always kind of considered myself a free bird when I was out in Iraq. Um, my, my master sergeant and my commander hated and loved me at the same time because I was doing my job, but they could never find out where I was at. One day I'm in Ramadi. The next day I'm with the army out in uh, Al Assad or Hit or Heat, as they call it out in Iraq. And then two days later I show up at the center of command, and they're like, "Where have you been?" I'm like, "Well, I've been all over the place. You know, where have you been? You know, like, like we've been here the whole time." Like, How are you getting around? Are you just catching rides? What are you I was doing? catching helicopter, uh, helos, helicopters. You know, meeting new people and and you know saying, "Hey, I need a ride out here. There's a there's a mission out here." So there's protocol in the military. And I don't want to say I was breaking it, but I, 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 you have to be a manifest. You were adapting, adapting yeah. and overcoming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I would sign up on a manifest for each of these different missions that were coming up. I'd go to each of the center commands on, you know, the different bases around. And I'd say, hey, well, what's this mission or, or what's this mission? Hey, I want to be on this one. Um, by that time I can get there, I can literally jump off when, this, when they get to this and hop on another convoy and go over, you know, elsewhere wherever we were going. So I was North Iraq, South, uh, more so Eastern in the, the Baghdad Ramadi area, and then Western in a place we called KV or Korean Village. So I was all through what's called the Multinational Force, Forces West mm. when, when I was deployed out there. So like I said, I called myself a free bird. I was either with detainees, canines. Uh, one of my favorite missions was the mother of all generator missions, a uh, two-story generator that we, we took all the way across Iraq over to Baghdad and, and uh, put in the river. And it was able to f- uh, fire up and power half of uh, Baghdad. So wow. it was a cool mission. You know, um, we did uh, detainee releases, detainee inspections, oh, you name it. We were doing all sorts of stuff out there. And, and it was fun for me because I could pick and choose, say, ah, I like that mission. Let me 
let me do that, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, multiple times, I mean, I was with different forces and stuff. We were with the uh, Aussies, uh, Australians, um, Brits. Um, there actually, there's uh, Ugandans out there too. Huh. So the Ugandan soldiers, um, they were the ones that were actually just just watching over the forward operating base. So like, you know, you see Ugandan, and you'd be like, Jambo, and it's like their way of saying hi. Yeah. So it was always nice to see them, you know, like especially when you got off a mission and you can actually eat, well, decent food compared to MREs or, or any type of rations and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it's just crazy to think, you know, like Aussies were there and, and you know, we, we did a lot of training with Brits and Aussies and they're cool guys. Even went out and had a couple drinks with them afterwards too. Those stories I'll leave for for later. If <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different one. Um, so one thing I'm kind of curious about, like I I loved watching old World War II footage, uh, storming beaches, like the old original footage that these guys shot at like Iwo Jima. Yeah. Um, I grew up like just loving all that stuff like i was fascinated right. by it all and uh my parents like it wasn't any surprise for them when i said hey yeah i'm gonna go in the army yeah they were just like yeah like, i i was way into all that stuff as i was growing up and watching all that but one time i heard a quote by some i can't remember who the quote came from whether it was from some general or it was from the combat videographer but um i think it was from the videographers because they said like um they said, hey, you know, we went to our our commanding officer. We said, hey, we're like, we need, I need a rifle. I need a way to, you know, when I'm running out of footage, when my camera, when I'm out of film, like, I need a gun. I need to be able to, like, help out. I need to be able to join the fight. Yeah. And this guy said to him, you never run out of footage. You never run out of film. And he goes, well, no, I mean, sometimes we do. And he's yeah. like, you don't ever shut that camera off. Yep. Or you don't ever let those guys around you know that that camera is off. And he goes, because he says, uh, he said something about how that that camera, no, none of our soldiers want to look like a coward mm -hmm. or they, they don't want to look, oh, you know, like, like because they're on that camera, they're yeah. going to perform differently. So, so whether you run out of video or film or not, you yeah. don't ever set that camera down because these guys are going to fight harder and make their moms proud. Yep. Um, thinking that you're documenting it and you're whatever. That's your job out here. That's how you fight the enemy. You don't fight the enemy with a gun. I'm not giving, we're not giving you a gun. That's your gun. And that these guys will fight harder because of that, that fact. Yeah. Anyway, I said the long version of it yeah. all, No. but that was the general gist of it. Did you ever, I mean, did you see that? Did you see like, did you see a difference in people that they behave differently in combat while they're? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I think a lot of it was on the maturity and mentality of the person, though, too. Yeah. Uh, but mostly everybody, yeah, you know, the same like, hey, I'm not going to mess up. I'm going to make sure if I'm on camera, I'm looking good. Yeah. Because this camera guy is going to make me famous. And that's kind of the mentality today, you know, like, this camera guy is going to make me famous. And, and you know. Everybody wants to be a hero, and that's great. You know, like we keep it up because you know what? More people are, are su surviving and striving if people are acting that way. You know, like not so much as be a hero and be you know that fine line between stupid and brave, um, but more so like hey, you know, like they're on they're on point. They're it's game time. You know, it's it's 
you know, that NBA, you know, that last shot, I know I'm on camera, I better shoot and make it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think the mentality is still the same. I, I think there's a, a couple different, you know, perspectives on that, like especially with, um, you know, the lackluster of, of the amount of deaths, you know, like um, versus World War II when, when those cam combat camera guys um, – and and for the record now that's not called combat camera anymore i guess a couple of years they changed the name i don't know what it is called now but hmm. um yeah it sounds like they're kind of getting more into the photojournalism type video type they're still doing the same job with documenting documentary like combat and, and and humanitarian missions all sorts of whatever missions um that was a sidestep but like um as far as mentality of them yeah it the it's like i said it's the maturity they're probably calling them influencers now, combat influencers. Yeah, probably. You know, and and it, it really changed, especially um, the my my biggest concern. And I watched this as technology was advancing because I was in from 2006 to 2011. You know when that first touch touch screen came out. Um, my concern right now is a lot of the the selfies. This you know, hey, how am I going to make myself, you know? Yeah, popular? I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Like, how does how does filming the experience versus now a lot of the officers are at least yeah. on television, right? It seems yeah. like they have them on their person. Yeah. You'll see a lot of, you'll see a lot of even the, the, the soldiers, warriors, whoever's out there, they'll have their own helmet cam, their own GoPro and, and stuff like that. And, and to me, I feel like that's almost a distraction because they're trying to, you know, it's great that they're recording, but to me, it seems like they're kind of doing it for themselves, right. you know? They they want they want to catch themselves doing something badass so to speak, and and they're kind of doing it for their own vanity. But that's that's my opinion. Um, like, I feel like hey, leave it to the professionals. You know, like, you know, like you might catch some footage that's going to get somebody in trouble, or you might catch some footage that's, you know, not going to be good for you. And if you're putting that on social media, if you're if you're sitting here like you know. And, you know, especially with the metadata that's within a lot of these these cameras, they show location. Even if you have no service, you know, there might be there's going to be satellites. There's going to be something that's going to capture or at least get in the general direction of those coordinates where you're at. You post that somewhere. Somebody knows how to dive into the metadata and the, the you know, the bottom line in those videos. They're going to be able to find your coordinates and where you're at. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things like uh, we were always trained, hey, when you're out there, no pictures, you know, like, or don't post pictures on social media. You know, I, I, my, my grandpa who served in World War II, he'd roll over in his grave if he ever had to say, you know, say that to his, he was a commander out in, during World War II, my great grandpa was a commander out in World War II. And, um, he, he would, he would just be disgusted if he had to sit there and say, Hey soldiers, no taking selfies. Well, you know, in the middle of a yeah. firefight or, Hey, like don't post this on social media there's a possible chance that somebody will recognize a landscape in the background. There's a possible chance they'll recognize a city and know exactly where you're at. And it's well, so instant nowadays. Back then, there was quite a delay before, yeah, yeah it got processed. And yeah. Is that what you were thinking? Well, well I, I just had a couple of friends in 2001 through 2005 that were in. But they had friends, you know, like they had they had killed somebody, but they were taking right. pictures with it, almost like it was a trophy kind of. Yeah. And I I get the mentality from, the, from a you know uh, i want to say sports but yeah from a mental like hey you know this guy was killing me and i got him kind of thing 
Right. But I, I also can see it when you send that home or post it on social media. Yeah. Not everybody sees that as like, hey, I got the better part of this guy. They don't see the context around it. Yeah. Right. Or, how, or the emotion exactly. of, of being in that battle. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's how, you know, I can only relate to it, you know, through a sporting event kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, we're I mean, we're humans. We're competitive by nature, just like, you know, anything else in nature, Um, you know, like. My my mentality when I was out there is completely different than what my mentality is today. You know, like, but I think you have to be. To yeah, stop. I mean, you can't you can't have this. You know, let 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 it be kind of mentality to yeah. some extent, at least at certain points in your life. Yeah, you know, like yeah, and especially when I was out there. there I mean, there's things I, I I even look on my footage that I have today, and I'm like, wow, like that was me. You know, like what kind of machine was I? You know, I, and I question myself, and you know, like that that's that transition from military life, especially combat military. To, to civilian life it, it's it's a whole beast in itself because you you're going from when you were a kid you know 17 18 years old to getting conditioned in the military to going to combat even a couple times or seeing the world and and then you're getting out you know like um whether you're in for five years like me or a, you know or 20 years you know that transition's hard you know like because there's times i'll say something and it's a complete joke to me and i think it's the funniest thing in the world but then the whole room's looking at me like, oh, where does that come? Yeah, from? who's this crazy guy? Like, what's he doing? And I'm like, oh. So talk talk about that a little bit. What was the transition for you? You know, it's one thing if you're sitting around with a bunch of people that understand right. what you've been through, right? Versus you know even your family, yeah, who know that you've been through something, mm-hmm. but they're trying. You know what I'm saying? That that's got to be a little bit of a. Yeah, you know, um, my biggest thing is is, and I, I've always said this, um, the way that the military trains you for war especially the marines um i wish they would take that and train you to being a civilian again you know um with my transition back into the civilian world there's it was a hard it was hard you know it, it was it was one of the hardest things i think i'd ever gone through um i was broke you know i i didn't want to socialize with people i was i was very in my own you know my own little cubicle so to speak my own little bubble and um and it was really hard for me to even get out there and get a job you know like a decent job you know i I had jobs and stuff when i first got out but i wasn't prepared for um how hard it was for me you know they give us um cultural training for iraqis and afghans and and even when we were out in japan and korea like they'll sit there they'll give you booklets on you know how to you know treat and different things that you do with the different cultures but if they had the opportunity, if they gave us the opportunity to say, hey, here's your cultural learning book for Americans, even though you're an American. I think we all need one of those. Like, that's yeah. how you deal with a Californian. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. Well, and, and think about it. You, you know, in your case, you went right out of high school. Right. right. Yep. For the next five years, you know, so you come back and you, you really weren't an adult in America yeah, no. at the time. And so now you come back and you're like, oh, now you just go out and live your life. Right. I can see where you're coming from, from a you know standpoint of, hey, I, I, yeah, I grew up here, but uh, that's not where I've been the last We're, five years. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I mean, you go from uh, leading Marines. Like, I, I became a leader really early when, when I was in the Marine Corps. You know, like, I, I was one of the fastest promoted, uh, became a sergeant. And, and uh, you know, before I was 19, or actually when I first got in, I was in charge of the squad, even at MOS school, at training school. 
And, you know, I was a squad leader, so I led those Marines into, you know, different types of physical training and everything like that. And it was good for me to get out there. And then, uh, um, you know, I, I became a corporal. And the next thing you know, I'm 19. I have 20 Marines that are looking up at me that are barely a year younger than me. And they're like, hey, what do we do next, corporal? Or what do we do next, sir? You know, and, and uh, um, well, in the Marine Corps, you don't say sir. You, you, re- you, you say corporal, you know, because we're enlisted type. Um, but, you know, and then after that, I became a martial arts instructor. And I started training Marines in combat as well. And that was my second billet. So my, 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 my primary billet was combat video. And I did a lot of photography and a little bit of journalism too. But my secondary was training Marines um, when, I was, when I wasn't deployed for combat readiness. Um, and so when, I, when you get all these leadership traits and that faucet shuts off, you're like, well, what do I do? You know, like, what do I do with this experience? What do I do with everything I learned for five years? And you go into the workforce and, you know, this guy wants to hire you as a server and still in South Dakota, where I'm from, pay you two thirteen an hour and say, hey, man, you're going to do great for this job. You'll build yourself up. You know, it's like it's kind of a slap in the face. It's like <laughs> I took Marines into combat. Like, you know, I, I took Marines all around the world. We were you know, we were at orphanages over in Korea. We were building schools over in the Philippines. And that, that stuff I personally did. You'll see my footage and everything because um, I have it on YouTube. But, like, it, it's it's like you go from this huge learning experience, an experience most people don't see, to something where you're, you're equated down to, like, nothing. You know, nobody cared about my military experience. And then I decided to go to college and then it seemed like they're like, okay, cool. As long as you have a degree, you know, I don't care about your military experience. Or, you know, I had one employer even ask me, hey, uh, you know, on the sly, you know, do you have PTSD? It's like, whoa, uh, I don't know if you're supposed to ask that, you know, and I don't know if I want to answer it because I don't know if that disqualifies me for the job because there's that perception on, on people having right. PTSD, especially veterans. Yeah, I don't you think know? they can ask you that. I don't yeah, think they, they can. can. Yeah. But protect, you know, it's a protected class. Cody, that's you ask yeah. all your people over at Madison oh, yeah, River yeah, Propane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is that you one get, of your go-to questions? Do you have it actually on the application? <laughs> <laughs> no, and no. you can't. That's not. Yeah, you, yeah. And you know, they can I, ask it, but you don't have to. Ask. Yeah, and, and a person doesn't have to answer. But you know, does that is that one of those it. things where it disqualifies you automatically for the position? It you could know? be. He could have had like, a bad experience with somebody. Right. I'm not saying that he should be able to do that, but all of a sudden right. he's like, oh, I had this guy that was a. Well, and there's yeah, there's a lot of them that say i don't care right until right. you get sued but yeah right you know. yeah right yeah so what is so how does that translate it into being married like how that's right yeah that was right. my next question is like how does that did you and angela know each other before you left yeah well so yeah me and angela we've actually known our our younger brothers were best friends growing up um and you know like so we've known her and our parents were good friends so we known each other since we were you know we little little things and and uh so we knew each other before that we kind of not we stopped talking a little bit in after high school I'd, I'd imagine and so um it was our rekindling you know years later you know even after I was out of the military well see Angela was he a big weirdo when he got home out of the military <laughs> well honestly I I actually didn't I we weren't connected then so like I wouldn't know if he was a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> I just know that guys that come home and all of a sudden you you feel out of place. Like you're explaining, I make yeah. a joke of it, but yeah, you yeah. feel out of place. You feel like, wow, I've just like, 
you know, been doing all this type of stuff, and it's a, it is a hard transition. I love the yeah. scene on the Hurt Locker where this guy, uh, you seen the Hurt Locker? Oh, yeah, yep. Okay, well, when he goes home, and all of a sudden, he's been in all those intense situations, and he's been all, all that type of stuff, and a lot of adrenaline to where he's back home with his wife, and I think he's out of the military at this point or something, right, right. and he's at the grocery store, and he's got his shopping cart, and he's surrounded by cereal. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this is my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's just got, there's cereal everywhere yeah. around him. And uh, anyway, it's, it's at that point that he's like, I can't deal with this anymore. He felt more comfortable in that combat situation. Yeah. He joins back up. That's how the, you know, big spoiler alert, he goes back in. and Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where he felt more comfortable. Yeah. So... I feel like I feel like at any given point, like all of us kind of have a realization like, OK, this is my life. I feel like it's a lot more intense because, you know, Reno has had these even more like I can't even fathom what kind of like situations he's been in. You know, he's told me stories, but like to put myself in those shoes, like I, I I'm still trying to learn how to do that kind of thing. So I feel like. We, we all, like, just as individuals kind of have, like, realizations, like, small realizations, like, oh, this is my life, where for him it's just so much more intense because his flip side of, like, you know, helping helping the kids, help, you know, seeing what he's seen, it's it's like, yeah, I'm surrounded by cereal now. Or, yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. like, and just, and, and it's a feeling of, like, he's not doing enough. Um, which is a blessing and a curse. Like it's a blessing in the fact that like now he's, he's doing, doing things to, to help other veterans, to help communities and to, to build them because that's what he's kind of used to after, you know, after high school, he was helping, helping communities and whatnot. So it's really, it's really neat. But then he also has this void where he feels like he's not doing enough when he realizes like, I'm safe, I'm at home, like. I should be out there. I should be doing more. I should be doing these things. So yeah. it's kind of getting that balance of it's okay that you're safe. You can still do great things, you know. Yeah, you don't have to beat yourself up over it that. Right, right. Yeah, you're, 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 you're not sitting in air conditioning. You're not at, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that, but that would, that would be, a, that's got to be a tough transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just got to be like, I would be a complete weirdo. I did like a year in korea and i only did four years in the army and then i did a couple years in the national guard but i came home from korea a weirdo Mm -hmm. like i had a hard time transitioning just from coming back from korea yeah i felt really out of place and like i was like and i had just got out of the military and i just was like now what am i doing with myself yeah like this whole this whole experience is so much your identity Mm -hmm. to now you come home and you're like I, I started contacting a lot of my friends and we people had come back and I'm like, are you like struggling? Yeah. And like most of us were like alcoholics and mm-hmm. really depressed. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I don't know, like it was just a weird, so I can't imagine going over there and having those kinds of experiences and then that transition yeah. um, and trying to apply that to, okay, now let's build a business. Now let's. You know, and I'm not sure what was the timeline there, but what was the yeah. time, you know, so you got out of the Marines, so, you're doing yeah. that, and then where do you, how, bring us up to speed here with where that puts you at now with this current venture. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I got out of the military, I, I same, same as you, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
I was uncertain of really a lot of the, um, like exactly where I wanted to take my career and where I wanted to use my GI bill. And, um, so I just kind of was like, all right, cool. Maybe I'll just try this out. You know, I've always wanted to try doing bartending. So I went to a bartending school, you know, learned how to do a little bartending, realized I did not like bartending. I ended up being a bartender at an Olive Garden. And I was like, this isn't the bartending I thought it was going to be. Obviously it's at an <laughs> Olive Garden. But, um, so a lot of it was kind of the, the hard, uh, transition, um, dealing with certain demons and not knowing how to deal with them. You know, everybody has their demons. Um, for me, it wasn't having the appropriate training or, or like the, the ability to find somebody to help me fight some of those demons. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like most of all was, was the, the financial part of it. You know, I was, I was going broke like within three months and, uh, um, I, I didn't know what to do. My dogs were eating better than me. You know, I still had a six pack of beer in the fridge and, and a, a thing of peanut butter in the cu- cupboards and my dogs were eating better than me. And I was like, I got to do something better with my life. Um, and that's where I ended up going to university of Colorado and getting my marketing degree. And I was like, okay, cool. Like now I'm starting to see, you know, like I bought myself a camera. I had a little bit of extra cash that I got, bought myself a camera, started, started, um, you know, getting myself into like, Hey, the skill sets that I know, sweet. How am I going to, how am I going to take these skill sets that I know that I learned actually from, from the military and apply them into what, what we want to do and, or what I want to do. And, and, you know, my best friend, Paul, um, from the Marine Corps too, you know, he, he moved in with me too. Like we moved into the house together after he got out and, uh, you know, is this hot tub, Paul? This is hot tub, Paul. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. This is hot tub, Paul. Um, he, uh, yeah, he had a, minor accident just recently he uh got out of the hot tub and kind of fell down a little bit maybe potentially broke his nose but he's he's doing good now so very recently um, as in why you didn't get much sleep last night yeah i didn't get much sleep last <laughs> night yeah i was at the er till about 3 30 this morning so anyway sorry i didn't um, mean no, to distract no no that. that that um so you know we were struggling like it was to the point too like he he had he'd been a personal trainer over at lifetime and they're 100% commission. And I think it was for like two months straight. He didn't see a paycheck, you know, and then I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, I don't, I, I have no money. I'm trying to scrounge whatever money I can to, to pay for the house and, and pay for everything. And, and that was kind of our limit. You know, I, right. I was like, I was like, I can't keep doing this. You know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to struggle anymore. But then I was also like, well, if I can get through this struggle, I can show other people other veterans, other, other combat veterans that, Hey, you know, there's a spotlight right there, you know, Hey, he's, he's struggling, but he's pushing through that struggle. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I still had money on my GI bill. Actually, I was able to go through vocational rehabilitation and I wrote up a whole business plan on what I wanted to do with a certain degree another degree that I had found over at Minneapolis college of art and design. And it's a, uh, entrepreneurial studies. And I got a minor in photography and, and graphic design. And, uh, got, got a whole nother degree there and it was a great school. Like I would learned so much cause we had clients per semester, like actual outside outdoor clients where we would work with them the whole semester and, um, we'd go through their business, analyze it and create whole business, like, um, sustainable outcomes for, you know, potential parts of their business and stuff like that. And it's great school. Like I love the creative aspect of it cause you know, I have a creative background and, um, and then I decided, all right, I want to start my own company. And when well, this was kind of 
before I wanted to start giving back. That was a big thing for me. Um, and then I started, um, I made a promise that, Hey, I'm, I'm going to every year, I'm going to give at least 300 hours of my time to veterans, to communities and, and stuff like that. And it was a promise to me to make myself better because I, I had volunteered at, um, what was, it? it was a dog rescue. And, uh, you know, I met a couple of veterans there that were doing the same thing. And then, you know, next thing you know, the networking started. And I was like, wow, like, and then they got me a job and I was like, well, this is nice. You know, like not that the backtracking is like, hey, volunteer if you're struggling through finances. But, you know, I was like, hey, I got to give something back. And, and, and I think it helped a lot. And and I was like, you know what? This feels good. I got to help other veterans. I've got to help. Um, oops, sorry about that. I got to help um, people get better and, and help these veterans see that, hey, the transition isn't that bad. It can be, but you, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's almost like a purpose. It gave you a purpose where you couldn't find that purpose, you know, yeah. beforehand coming back. That yeah. finally gave you that purpose that you needed. Yeah, absolutely. And then we started doing um, events, you know, like we just, uh, one of the biggest things we kind of, I started talking to a guy who, who owned a brewery uh, back home in, in Rapid City, South Dakota. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to host an event to get a bunch of veterans together. And, you know, and he's like, hey, well, why don't you come over and brew a beer? I was like, brew a beer? He's like, yeah. Have you ever brewed a big batch of beer? I was like, no, I've never done that. So I was like, yeah. So me and a couple of my buddies from from the company were like, yeah, let's go over there. Let's brew a beer. And and I was like, well, why don't we set up an event and, and do a tap party? And he's like, that sounds perfect. And I was like, cool. So like we had about three months to set up this whole event and we were inviting everybody from from in town we're like come on out the news was there the radio was there we had a venue going on and stuff like that and people from all over the place were coming over and it felt good and i was like hey you know like now that we have you guys here you know let's talk about this you know hey veterans like you you came out of your hole to come out here and and, and meet other veterans and the community you came out to to support your veterans you know let's talk about like like let's spotlight some of the things that are dark but let's make light of them, you know, PTSD, the, the 22 a day. Um, it's, it's some of those things where, you know, like you spotlight it, but then you don't want to cover that darkness of it. You want to show them like, Hey, if we can do it, you can do it. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I really think, um, that was a push for me to get into the company. You know, obviously after I got out of college, I, I did the corporate grind for a little while and then obviously got tired of that real quick and decided, Hey, I'm just going to do this full time, you yeah. know? So. Wow. Yeah. So after that, uh, so how did you bring me up to speed, uh, bring us up to speed? Hey, and welcome by the way, April. Yes. Hey April. We did a little April switch just, out. <laughs> April just it was a, a smooth switch. <laughs> yeah. She just kind of appeared over there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Cody, your voice got lighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, um, I was uh Cody had to go off anyway had to go to work and so he slipped out of here and April slid in there but yeah. uh so bring us up to speed then on on where you're at with uh this this company now and it's basically I guess it's kind of a slogan or, or something pets and vets is that a slogan is that a mantra yes yeah, so, well I mean so um so we did this this event and it was a success. And I'll kind of get in the backstory of how I got into the screen printing. Uh-huh. Um, well, we were getting wrecked on prices for people screen printing our shirts. And I was like, well, we can we can screen print our own shirts, you know, and sell them and raise that money for, for whatever cause. And that cause was for vets and pets. 
uh, you know, for veterans, anytime, like we, we'd raise money, we'd, we'd, uh, take whatever money we had and either put it with another grant or, or, you know, find other subsidies and grants for that. And we put, we'd pile that money up and build a house or build a ramp for, you know, a disabled veteran or something like that. Or we would just donate the money. Um, and pets like a big like service dogs ptsd dogs i mean like my first volunteer experience out of the military was at a rescue uh it was it was down in, in colorado springs so denver had made what was it pit bulls and boxers illegal I, I don't know if it was boxers but they made them illegal right I, so yeah i remember yeah. that so what people were doing was they're throwing the dogs out and they were driving the dogs all the way to the outskirts of the city dropping them off and turning around and leaving and so we were a rescue built out there to take calls from Colorado Springs and go pick them up. And this whole place was full of it. And it, it, it like, it broke my heart seeing these dogs, you know, like they, their owners had to just drop them off. I mean, they had no choice, but also they had a choice to do something better for their dogs than just oh, drive them to the outskirts and, and do that. And, um, seeing these dogs heartbroken, I was like, man, we got to yeah. do something for, for these pets who they, they've got this loyalty, this, the same thing we seen when we were in the military, you know, the same thing you see in marriage, you know, like that loyalty, that, that faithfulness, everything dogs have the same thing. And, um, so back to when we did these events, you know, like we were printing shirts and we were selling out of these shirts. It was great. We're like, sweet. Yeah. Wow. We got more money than I've ever seen, but I got to go donate it, you know, like that kind of thing. But you know, half of it would be, the cost of printing shirts. So, um, at one point I was able to, you know, even though I had the GI bill, I took a couple student loans out and, and I was like, all right, that's enough money to buy some equipment for screen printing. Um, this was like back in 2013 or whatever. And I was like, well, I'm going to try it. It is the hardest thing in the world. I'm telling you, screen printing sucks. You get ink everywhere, and it stays there. You could ask Angela. <laughs> it's like, it's it like the ink's everywhere. It's just like you don't know what's going on here. And then you try to clean it up, and then you touch your face, and there's ink on your face. You know, and, and like um, so. Which is probably why all those other shirt vendors were like so expensive. So yeah. expensive. Because it is a process. Yeah. You always think, oh, not a big deal, and then yeah. you get into it, and you're like. Oh, I'm weighing over my head. Yeah, and and you know, like we had an event coming up in three months, so I had to learn this whole craft in three months to get us some shirts. Now, the shirts weren't the best quality, but they did their job. You know, like, I still see guys that are wearing, you know, like those. The company's called Puck Fuddles. You know, it's a little bit satire, like fun, uh, fun on the name, but um, you know, we just kind of it's military fun, you know, that kind of thing. And and you say it too fast, you get in trouble. That's kind of the slogan for it, but um. Yeah. It, like we we started printing the shirts and I was like, well, man, I'm I'm kind of getting good at this, you know. I was starting to learn to do multi screens, like two colors, three colors, and I was like, oh, I'm getting kind of good at this. But I, I will say, with screen printing, you never get good at it. There's always something you're learning, or there's always something that that you can do better, or you know, you you learn to master the craft a little bit, but it'll that finding that that key that that point of mastering it you'll never get to you know so yeah. um essentially long story i know um we we definitely uh just that's how we got into the kind of the screen printing for for things and started doing it as hobby you know just like anything right you know started doing it as a hobby out of the garage and then next you know i started getting clients and i was like oh wow you can you can actually make money off this and and so I was like, all right, cool. Like I'll keep putting money aside and save it every, and then go do like a, a project for veterans and stuff like that. So, um, and then eventually worked the corporate grind and decided to take the plunge and, 
it's one of the scariest things i will tell you yeah. it's been so scary and we've only been in business for you know um what is it nine months babe yeah um we've been in business for nine months since we decided to to move out here and and uh um there's been a couple of times where i've wanted to polish my resume you know and say yeah. hey like let's get it out there and then i'm like nope got to keep like she's my saving grace you know <laughs> she she keeps my head on straight because i'm like babe I, I need to get um i need to get like uh um a job you know like i gotta make sure i'm feeding her in the in the family you know and uh um yeah like hopefully that answered your question i know i went off yeah no it, it, it does and it is hard to start start one of those things up it is um people don't typically realize what all goes into something and then when once you get into it and um you really figured out like when i i started doing the food truck thing i had no experience in the food truck thing and it sounds mm -hmm. fun like and let's crank some music and whatever it's a tremendous amount of work same thing with the, with the screens printing business you start to figure out though that oh there's so much into this there's yeah. this is complex there's areas of it that i'm good at there's areas of it that i'm not good at right do you guys find that in this this current business that you're doing that that one of you has strengths or you know weaknesses and and how how do you guys how do you guys balance that out like or do you balance it out like sometimes yeah. you know like having my son connor work with me in the food truck business like there's so many things that he and i have the same strengths on and the same weaknesses yeah so there's voids that don't get covered and that's yeah. where april holds us together but uh <laughs> well in the stability you know yeah. the stability of it all it's yeah it's mind-blowing to have all these areas and trying to cover every single area that a lot of businesses have personnel for each of those areas to do yeah. and when you realize you're trying to fill the shoes of every single area yeah it can yeah do you guys have different roles like that that what, what do you do angela yeah. or what do you find is your the thing you like to do or the thing that you uh yeah. you don't like to do um well like reno is the the design expert and he knows how how screen printing works and stuff so i'm i'm just now like able to print some some shirts and uh so like for me my strengths are like the people aspect or like because i my background is in like sales yeah and so um i do like the prospecting and some of the marketing and i think you do good at that you're <laughs> i kept getting emails from you <laughs> that's how i found well, you it. have to be diligent you have it like because you, you know we we get bombarded by all these different you know advertisements and stuff and so you just gotta show people that like hey like we're real people like this isn't like an automated you right. know email that you're getting from you know office max or, <laughs> yeah. or home depot or something um and so like follow-up is important because if anything that i learned from sales it's it's not the initial ask it's the follow-up yeah um because typically it's like we're so quick to say no right away because we're constantly getting asked like buy this do this do this do this and so we're like no 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 and, and then, people are busy too so absolutely. that first initial like with you guys when we got those emails we're just so busy yeah. that yeah. it was like okay 
we, you know, so yeah. when you emailed us again, we're like, okay, we need to <laughs> get back, you know, yeah. but yeah. we're so busy to stop to take that minute to be like, okay, let's yeah. go further and check this out. Right. And I only right. check my emails like once every two months. Yeah. And- right. Well, and that's why, that's why we did like right. different platforms too. You know, we, we sent a letter and then I did email and cause like some of the letters didn't make it to people and you know, yeah. cause yeah. snail mail is a thing and not a thing <laughs> kind of yeah. kind of so um we're we're still trying to you know figure out the best platform but that's why we're hitting multiple um we have some some new exciting ideas that we just came up with so um we're going to be taking a more personable approach or a personal approach and um doing like kind of like a gift basket be like here like this is what we're about here's some product just to see you know like you can hate it you can love it just let us know kind of thing so yeah so. yeah so they can kind of see the the products that we do you know like i don't know um a lot of lessons learned you know like there'd be there'd be nights where i'd just be sitting there you know staring at the the ceiling like okay can i try this okay we're batting one for 600 in these brochures that we're sending out nobody's nobody's coming back at us and then i'm like my 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 favorite thing to tell Angela is is um well we love people we love to talk you know let's go talk to people I I, I want to say like I'm batting like nine for ten you know the last month and just talking to people you know telling them like hey this is my purpose this is this is what I do um you know like we we put our own money back into the veterans in the community we're not gonna uptick you and and do any of that it's like I don't want to be a millionaire I want to help I want to provide to this purpose. And, um, I mean, yeah, obviously being a millionaire would be nice though, but like, right. it, it's, it's <laughs> like, it's that purpose that, that we wanted to design and develop. And then, uh, one thing I noticed and, and actually was working with you guys, um, was just like the helping the small businesses and individuals. Cause a lot of these screen printing companies, they're geared towards, you know, your higher quantity, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and when you get to that point, it's like, well, why, what if I, what if I order a hundred, 200 shirts? I don't like them, you know, like, and then I have to go turn around and reinvest a whole bunch of money into that. So that's why me and Angela kind of, we sat down for probably about two months saying, okay, we need to do like a, a reward tiered system. Let somebody come in and get 20 shirts and then, you know, they don't like the shirts. Okay, cool. Next time you come in, you get another 20 shirts. You're at that 40 shirt tier, you know, it's like, like why, why, why make somebody, you know, give them a deal on shirts you know, like at a hundred and then they have to be, you know, have to get another hundred to get that same deal. It's yeah. like, let's make a rewards program for individuals and, and, and small businesses. So they can, you know, get to that point where, Hey, they're making good money on those, those shirts. They found the shirts that they love. Let's do that. You know, yeah. like it, it just making more adhered. I, I, I spent, I'd say, well, endless hours on looking at any other screen printing company that does something like that. And they don't. And to make it sustainable, even with my background in business and everything, I wanted to make it sustainable for us, obviously, but also help, you know, other businesses out and like, especially small businesses, you know, like we know the struggle being a small business and especially just starting up. So let's help each other out, that kind of thing. Yeah. And because it can be, it can be quite an investment when, you know, you're trying to get a little bit of merchandise out there Mm -hmm. and uh, you don't know what's going to go, what's not going to go. I think those bigger bulk things like 
those companies they they tend to go toward like a company needs this many t-shirts that are all the same and um they get into that those are the easy jobs those are the easy uh like a school needs this many shirts fast money makers fast money makers let's do it bulk let's do it all the same you know one simple design they go for that whereas going toward the smaller businesses that are all trying to get their design their image out there uh but it's at a tremendous expense for small businesses so filling that niche that's that's a tough niche to fill it's a niche it's there yeah you know and if you're willing to but it has to make sense, you know, obviously for you guys as the company and for the small. So that's hard to find, find that, that balance ground. But it's there. It yeah. Makes mm-hmm. sense for both parties to be yeah. able to be profitable. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want to get 10 shirts, you know, my cost for 10 shirts is is anywhere from 25 to 30 dollars, you know. Yeah. And then um, a lot of that's in the screens. You know, these screens are not cheap you know right. you know just like everything when you're setting and up your time oh, yeah and then your time and and that's a hard thing to remember is how do you charge for your time like i don't know like for me it's been it's like well everything costed this but it takes me 16 hours to do this like what do i do here you know like yeah because because i mean the, the the hardest part with that is is watching and, and researching and analyzing these corporate companies that have these huge machines and millions of dollars worth of equipment that runs itself where they can charge like this bare minimum amount. Right. And so that's where I was like, okay, well, you know, what's one thing that we can give that these companies can't give, you know, heart, um, being able to develop something that most of these guys won't develop for, you know, um, for their clients and stuff. Their clients are just another number, another, you know, another penny in their, in their pocket. Um, and, and, you know, give that heart and stuff. And, you know, I hope we did that with you guys. Like, you know, I, I enjoyed every bit that we've done, you know, like, and I, I hope we do some more, you know, like yeah, whatever sure. we come up with, you know, like, um, like the labels and everything were, were, that was my favorite thing. And, and Angela seen it too. I was like, oh, I can't wait to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and be there and editing a label, you know, and like yeah. all that stuff. It was, it was fun because it was something I was like, Hey, it's something I know how to do. No. And you could tell there's, there is a lot of heart in those labels. They, they came out really good. Like they yeah. came out better than what we could picture. Um, there's a lot going on in there mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a lot, you know, like, um, I don't know. They did. They came out really good. I actually have the three that we, the very first the ones that you printed off. And I was telling April the other day, I was like, we need to order frames for these and frame these up. These are our first labels. They, they, and they came out great. Like if they were just like, so, so, or we felt kind of questionable about something, it would be yeah. something else, but we're super proud of them because, um, it was kind of a joint, like a know, meeting of the mind. Yeah. And like, we had an idea, but we're not designers, yeah. you know, like we have an idea, we want this. So it was mm-hmm. nice to be like, okay, this is our envision. And then you put that vision to the paper and made it yeah. happen. Yeah. And came up with some of the other details. Um, that we wouldn't even th- think we of. wouldn't think of. Yeah. And that was nice. Uh, cause so often I'm doing so many different things with our business that I don't have time to also be the, this guy and the, that guy. Uh, so it was nice to, to feel confident like that. Okay somebody else is taking this and they're going to care about this and they're not just trying to like fill a deadline and just get this cranked out for us and it's just you know a marginal design or whatever no it came out as a really good design so i really feel like um i don't know we're going to frame those we'll we'll hang them up in here i don't know maybe someday they'll be worth something (laughs) 
Hopefully. Yeah. Well, and and that's that's also like, <clears throat> excuse me, getting to know like the community and everything, and and just finding out like, hey, small business owners, like we know you wear multiple hats. Like we we can do more than just screen printing. You know the the things that you've been meaning to get to but haven't found the time to like let us take those things because yeah. and so it's not just screen printing that we specialize in you know we can do media design and um, we can help you know get product photos if you need or like so yeah. we can help you get the merchandise but then we can also you know take pictures for you so that you can put them on your website yeah and just like being able to to tell people and show them like it's it's not just screen printing that that we specialize in right we can you know f- probably fill those voids because like did we ever think that we'd be making a label for someone no, no. but like you you had a need and we were able to fulfill it and that opened up our our you know our eyes to being like Hey, we have a lot more skill sets yeah, you than can we realize. More things yeah. than just print a T-shirt. Because, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know there are businesses like for screen printing businesses that are already established, so everyone already knows them. So they're like, well, I'm gonna go to those guys. Like, who are these? You know, newbies. Like, I don't know if I can trust them. Whatnot. It's like, well, hey, like. For one, we care. We our slogan is printing with the purpose, which we just kind of, kind of found, if you will, and and it's because we we want to take care of people. We we want to help them get to that next level, and while helping them get to that next level, we're also like donating time and money and, and helping um, us get to that next. Yeah, and yeah. helping ourselves getting yeah. to that next level as well. So it's it's kind of like a a full circle thing if you will yeah yeah it's all connected well yeah. and and the the reason i knew like i felt more comfortable and in, in uh um keeping on going you know with just starting this was was seeing both you um like you know up at you know wee hours in the morning just starting starting your day and getting your day going <laughs> like the first you know the first time i didn't realize it you know i i think i had sent both of you just a bunch of emails at like eight o'clock at night not realizing that how early you guys woke up to go to work and <laughs> and you know like um i think i was talking to you on the phone milo and, and you're like yeah i'm getting ready to go to bed i'm like it's like four o'clock <laughs> and then you kind of explained to me you know how your how your day was you know it's it's a long day you know yeah like, you know you you're up really early and you're working you know into the afternoon so you got to make sure you're getting that sleep you know if you can yeah. i know i know how hard it is especially when your mind starts going and and all that but that was a that was a moment of, of clarity for me when i was like all right you know people are putting trust in us you know like uh, like just as you know like i'm hopefully somebody put trust in you you know that kind of thing and we're you know and then watching how hard you guys work i'm like all right yeah you know like this is it you know like uh my favorite thing i've seen it on social media is the whole uh you know hey i quit my eight to five job to run my own business now i work 24 <laughs> 7 yeah know? and i'm like That's i'm like yeah story. you know the whole concept of that it's like it's true but you know what i've never been happier you know, I've never, you know, have that freedom to be able to say, hey, which way, which road do we want to take? It's, it's, it's one of those amazing things. Like, wow, I can take this road or I can take this road and the bridge completely falls and I might have to backtrack and, you know, try another road. But, um, that's, that's the great thing about it, you know, and I, I feel like we've got an opportunity here. Um, you know, and, and it's not so much, it's, it's unfortunate with everything that happened with COVID and everything. But, um, you know, and a lot of the businesses that went down and stuff, but small businesses are still running America, you know, like, yeah. um, I don't know what exactly what the statistics are, 
But I will tell you, you know, like small businesses still run America. People love small businesses. <laughs> you know, yeah, we can't compete with the prices of corporate. But I tell you one thing, we can compete with the heart, you know. Yeah. And and um, um, now we have an opportunity to kind of show ourselves like, hey, let's let's build ourselves up together and, and get small businesses back going and, and helping each other out. You know, I, I really feel like um, that that's it's the heart of America and it'll still keep beating because we, we're beating. Yeah. You know, longer than that nine to five, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. 24 seven. Yeah. And honestly, this is an interesting time because I, I keep, I, I, what I focus on is I'm like, you know what, I'll, if we can survive this economy and all this other stuff going on, and there's so many businesses that are going out of business, but mm-hmm. right now it's like, if you can make it through this, then you're, you're gonna, you're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so if you can survive in the worst time, you're gonna make it. Perseverance at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> you're all yeah. This. Yeah, just figure out a way to just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a lot of what we've that's a lot of what has kept us open. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is just keep showing up. There's yeah. times mm-hmm. I there's many times I'm the same way like you were saying, Hey, I, I better like look at it to you know, do I need to polish off my resume here? It can get tempting. Yeah. It's really tempting to be yeah. like, Well, I could just go work for some I could go back and work for the mine or I could go work at this place or I could go work at that place. And it is tempting to, to get sucked back into that. Yeah. But, um, I hope you guys, I hope you guys stick with it and, and push through all of that and figure out how to survive during these times. I think you will. I think you, I think you guys are really talented and, uh, I see what you guys, you know, could you did with our label which is helping us to achieve our goals and our dreams and you're able to uh to to see that what we wanted to do there and make it better and so i think you guys are going to be able to do that um that's impressive everybody i show that to everybody's like wow that's great branding that looks really good they're like man that would pop out at me on a shelf like i mean if you guys can do that with us I'm, I'm sure you can do that with a lot of different products. Put Nothing our brand out there everywhere, but it's also putting your guys' brand out there everywhere yeah. of what yeah. you guys are capable of doing because it's super amazing, you know, that's going everywhere now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. it's huge. It's a huge accomplishment for the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is whenever, you know, Reno's like, babe, I think, I think I'm going to have to polish up that resume. It's just like reminding him like, no, look at the accomplishments we've made. We're still making strides. Like, like we still have, you know, ABC coming. It's and just, the learning of it. Yeah. Like if you're to polish up that resume and go back, the stability sounds great. The insurance, all those yeah. things are like ding, ding, ding. But then like you just don't learn. You don't learn what you do doing this way and, mm-hmm. you know, navigating life and it, problems. And yeah. Well, and, and you're and you're just miserable, too, because you're building something that's not yours. Yeah. So this way you're building something that is yours that you can show your kids or, um, you know, and it, it's it's being able to spend the time. Like, yeah, we're, we're so busy. But guess what? He can say hi to his baby boy anytime throughout the day. Where, you know, when he was working that corporate grind, he, I, I wouldn't get to see him, you know, for hours on end, you know, anywhere from, you know, 10 to 14 hours a day. Yep. And then he would, you know, he would leave before I'd wake up and he'd get back by, you know, and I was about ready to go to sleep. And then he would be day in, day out doing that thing. And um, it was just, it, it, we weren't, we weren't happy 
you know, like this might be harder than corporate, but it's more, the payoff is so much better. Well, and you get to teach your kids, your kids get to see this and they get to see these life lessons and see what their parents went through. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's huge. That's a huge part too. Yeah. Yeah. And then just showing them that they don't have to do the pattern that is instilled. You know, you don't have to go to college and get the job. You don't have to work the nine to five. Like, no, you can build whatever you you're, you're passionate about like go for your passions because that's what's going to make you happy yep. you know and and that's so important to to instill in the future generations but just like especially your children well and yeah. it's hard like those are your direct future it's and- hard like with parents and that you know and that generation before they're all like you get that nine to five job you get mm-hmm. that job you work you yep. get those things and that's what you're supposed to do right yep. and so when you go off of a different path trying to like your family seeing you and they're just like looking at you like what are you what doing? Are you, yeah. yeah you know so that's hard too because you're not doing what you're supposed to do or what you think you're supposed to do what yeah. everybody's right. told you you're supposed to do yeah. Yeah. i think i think a lot of times though parents are in protective mode oh, yeah. and so they just want you to do what's safe yeah they want you to do what's safe and just just take the safe road so yeah. i don't got to worry about you mm-hmm. and the safe road is what they're selling to us out there yeah. is that this is the safe road this is how you achieve the american dream this is how you be successful get good grades go to a good college buy that uh, house go work for that corp you know corporation get your mortgage uh you know do all the these things that you're supposed to do and that's how you make it and it's like at a certain point and this i think you guys are the same thing that we're obviously we're seeing is like no 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 no. that's not that's not how it has to be for everyone there's a lot of avenues there's a lot of ways to do this so Mm -hmm. uh, my own kids i i have I have the full spectrum yeah. of my with my kids, and I'm okay with whatever. I have one who went to college and got his degree and graduated. He's now, you know, he's an officer in the army. He flies helicopters, and he's got the you know full education, everything else. I got, uh, you know, Alex. She works and she does she does uh, college online, and then I got Connor, who's just like. Doing his own thing doing his and own trying thing to figure and, it out. Yeah. And trying to figure it all out, but he's got a lot of talent. He does, mm-hmm. and he's good with uh, videography and photography, and he's figuring that all out. But the full spectrum of of, of doing it like how the system recommends or how, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the make it up as you go yeah. route. Yeah. And I don't think either w- any way is less than the other. No. It's right. just- Finding what's right for you. Find and what's right for you. Happy. Yeah. 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 Like uh, for me, I mean, even right now, believe it or not, I'm I'm uh, I'm going for my third degree. Nice. <laughs> in uh, 3D animation right now over at Full Sail, and uh, like you said, you know, it's 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 not following the path that they want you to f- to follow. Um, one of the biggest things I found that that's a complication with this school, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's great education. They teach me a lot. Is they're teaching you to follow that path and that timeline that they expect you to to follow. And a lot of these professors, I'm like, hey, I'm just here to learn so I can make my own intros and outros, you know, for, yeah. for my social media. And, yeah, and I'm so not can, going for this big grand yeah. thing. This is just because I want to learn these things. Right, you yeah. know, and, and it's like, hey, I, I, you know, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, you can go into video game design. I was like, I don't want to go into that. I want to do some 3D modeling and be able to get, you know, into 3D printing and, and you know, design something that's that's way in your face as an intro. Like if I did BFL and it was nice and I know how to do it. I just want to, you know, fine tune my my skill set. Yeah. And and uh, like the professors don't get that, you know, like they're baffled that, you know, I'm I'm a 
34-year-old man in a, in a, a freshman class learning 3D modeling for my business. Yeah, they want they're trying to teach you how to fit into some corporate cog, you know, yeah. corporate wheel like this is what the, what you need all this probably is like this kind of a background and this is going to give you a broader this and you can apply it. Yeah. You know, working for so and so or working for so and so. Yeah. Whereas you are like, no, I'm just trying to just trying to hone a skill set that I could apply to the other stuff that I'm doing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because that's their job description too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. teaching these things to make, you know, because that's what they've been taught. And mm-hmm. so I definitely think it's a change of mindset. And I think as the generations come up, you know, those things are going to change. You're going to see more of people just honing that. Well, just like all the on master classes you can get online now, mm-hmm. you know, it's just people at home wanting to learn more, or yeah. teach themselves more instead of doing that traditional college routine. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That whole, the whole grind of the college, you know, they were going to get your generals for the first two years and you're like, where am I going to go next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made it yeah. about halfway through year one. And then I was like, this is not for me. Like yeah. this is, I found it out really quick. Yeah. And, uh, Although I think everybody should go to business school. I was yeah. running our business now. I'm right. like, I think back and I'm like, oh, I should have went to business school. Like yeah. how much that would have came in handy now. But, but now learning it as I go, which is great. But, yeah. you know, I and wonder what I could have learned actually doing yeah. that. So me going going to business school, I'll say, you know, like there's there's a big reason I, I, I went from University of Colorado and after I got my marketing degree to the to MCAD uh, in Minneapolis of College and Art Design if I could talk today <laughs> Minneapolis College of Art and Design um I I had it with a uh, professor uh when I was I was going to to school at University of Colorado um I had I had given him a full on 100 page business plan Wow. And and like I had pictures in there, I had graphs, I designed all sorts of stuff. I made it a creative, you know, like like I wanted to make it like you were reading the back of a hundred uh, cereal boxes. And he said, "No, this I won't take this. It's like this is too much." And I was like, "Well, you know, I've got graphs here to show how money will be made, how income, you know." Like, how could that be too much on a business yeah. to have all those avenues covered? Yeah, and he didn't like it, and it was so funny that um, at the fact that I was like. Hey, uh, well, like, you know, I took it to the board because he actually failed me on that. That was the main grade for the class. And I, and he failed it f- because I, I, I didn't take his answer. You know, I was like, hey, sir, uh, I'm just going to hand it in. And he's like, uh, and he was pissed that I just handed it in that way. And uh, I went to the board at the, the College of Business there. And uh, and I was like, this is my business plan. I got failed out of this class. Now I have to pay it back with the GI Bill. And I was like, I, I can't afford that. And, uh, and the, the, I can't remember his name, uh, but he like, he's like, well, let me go through with the board and see what they think. And the board ended up just giving me an A. Like they decided like, I'm going to give you an A. Uh, we're going to talk to this professor and let him know. And that's where I had it. I was like, I'm just going to finish this degree and then I'm done with this. How, what, I mean, what is he thinking as far as penalizing you for having too much planned out in a business plan? Is there such a thing? I think right. it was the I think it was the creativity of it. I, I don't think he liked all the color and and he wanted black and white. He wanted black and white and just it. words. Well, you know that's because that's probably usually the traditional business. Yeah. When you think of a business plan, you think black and white. Yeah. No yeah. gray. No yeah. nothing. It's just like that. Yeah. And well, and to add on to what you were saying, yeah, like it, it's nice, but like there was things like that that happened, like in quite a bit. You know, it was textbook 
you know, a lot of these guys are kind of following that 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 path that that's that they're that these colleges are, are don't paving. think outside the box. Right. Yeah. No. You you better not think outside the box. You better think what you're told. You know that kind yeah. of thing. And 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 that's why I think it's it's almost beneficial. Like if I didn't go, but you know I also wouldn't have found Minneapolis College of Art and Design where they have a business degree at an art school. That you know, which is like, super cool. W- that's which cool. you know somebody told me about it when I after I told them about this whole business plan thing. They're like, man. I've got the school for you. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I didn't think of it, but I'm a combat camera or a combat Marine going to a school with a bunch of art students. So they're scared of me, you know, and I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, Hey, you know, like, it's fine. Like I'm, I ta- I'm talkative, you know, get to know me. And you know, it took him a little while to warm up to me. And then they realized, okay, he's not bad. And he's pretty creative. Cool, I like this guy. But it yeah. took a little bit to get everybody to get used to me and stuff because I was one of like You two, don't fit in that little Yeah. I'm not it's probably granola mold. Not to say that's how right. it is, but that you know what I'm saying, that different mold of artsy right. and then here you yeah. are. You almost fit in the black and white, but you don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, "What? Wait, you're creative?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I like to be creative. Like, got all these people in this sensitive field. Yeah, like we got a meathead amongst us. Yeah, <laughs> how do we deal with yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. And, and, there, and there was there was some controversy that I had to deal with. Yeah. You know, just uh, just across the board, especially in Minneapolis. There's a lot of big things happening out there, and and uh, um, I didn't want to be a part of them. I just wanted to learn. I wanted to build my business, and um, and you know, build my my uh, my resume so that I could work and, and, and go and like, and it was my goal. Like I, I loved it. Like building your business while like even learning something is one of the best things ever. Like if somebody's teaching you something and you apply that to your business and even if it fails, at least you're trying to apply that to your business. Yeah. Um, I always called it like, especially when first starting and still first starting, I'm acting like I've been in business for, you know, like found my own for years, but like I have kind of been, but, um, you know, it's a hundred mistakes for that one, that one golden, don't learn anything you know, if you don't make a mistake. Exactly. So, and and you get that one golden thing. You're like, wow, I learn. And then the next day you're making another hundred mistakes, and you're like, oh no, like did I not learn enough? But then you realize, like, oh wow, I'm I'm up here. You know, after a year or two years, like wow, like I'm I'm getting better at what I'm doing. Just yeah. it just naturally, it's it's just crazy how that works. Yeah. You know. So are you creative at all, Angela? I mean, I would like. <laughs> so I just I haven't like. I have good ideas. It's just like bringing them to life, I think, is like where I don't have, like I wish, I I, I do wish that in school I would have done like Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff because like I have ideas. I've always like had like a creative mind, Mm -hmm. but never took the time to like be able to implement and apply, you know, to, to make them physical. See, I'm not very creative. I'm not the creative one. I'm more of the black and white. Although with food, that's the only way that I feel that I'm creative. Like I can take a bunch of ingredients and make something and that's how my mind works. But as far as like any, I just don't, I cannot once in a while come up with something witty or great, but no, I'm not the creative one in it. Yeah. So I, I will say, you know, like, um, this is that yin and yang we were kind of talking about earlier, you know, like the differences between strengths and weaknesses. Um, One of the biggest things that Angela has over me is the women's line of clothing. And uh, (laughs) she is so creative with it. Like she'll find these shirts that are just amazing. And like these women just love them. And then, you know, these husbands come and they're like, yeah, my, my wife will love that. And you know, she just has this sense of figuring out me. I'd be like, 
I'll just type in women's shirts. There we go. <laughs> I click that, put that in the cart. Woman gets it and she doesn't, you could just see it in her face. She's like, Mm-mm, I don't like this. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it again. But Angela's got it spot on, you know, like I just, I, I love well, her she's ability. she's a consumer too. So yeah. as yeah. women, we're consumers. We know what we like and what we buy. So mm-hmm. apply yeah. that to that. So. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it, it's so crazy though. Like I, with, you know, like one thing I've noticed is, you know, women do buy more clothes than men. And and I'm just baffled at the the price of how much more expensive women's clothes are than men. You know, like it's crazy. You know, even even with us, like what we do, um, you see these women's clothes like, why are they charging women so much? You know, like it just like baffles me. But then does it come down to supply and demand because they do buy more? Yeah. They do buy more clothes. Do they, you know what I'm saying? Like, does it come down to Would that reduce yeah. the price, though? If they buy more, well, I guess they. More demand? It's, yeah. yeah, more demand, it'd, it'd be more. And it's a business. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm making this money, you know? Yeah. And, and they're going to pay it. And, that, <laughs> and women are going to yeah. pay it. Yeah, that guy's going to buy that shirt and he's going to hold on to it for about 25 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every like 10, 15 well, years, I'm like, I ought to get rid of these shirts. Yeah. Uh, this shirt I'm wearing right now, <laughs> yeah. I've probably had this for 15, 20 years. Yeah. I mean, well, and with women, 15 our, years. our shape yeah. changes. Yeah. A lot we're more yeah. always and evolving a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when, you know, wh- whether it's hormones or pregnancy or stress or whatnot, like yes men can fluctuate but women fluctuate way more yeah. so we we have to have a variety right. <laughs> of apparel yeah. if you will because sometimes those jeans just don't fit our yeah. our the way we want them to anymore <laughs> my my favorite thing uh as of as of late is has been like um and actually today i'm actually wearing something that we made but most of the time, I just have like a regular shirt on, like, yeah. and it might be a shirt that I ruined. You know that ink I was talking about that gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Inks on there, and I wear it, and you know I tell people, yeah, I'm a screen printer, and they're like, look at my shirt, and it's all ruined and like all nasty, <laughs> and they're like, are you sure you're a screen printer? And I'm like, yeah, I, I screen print well, all the time. Well, this is what know. I screen printed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this this is a mess up shirt. It's one of my like, best works right yeah. here. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to throw away a shirt. You know, I'll wear this shirt now. You know, like just makes sense to me but then now i feel i'm like oh well maybe i should probably wear what i print you know (laughs) so but it makes for a good joke though too so yeah absolutely well you know it's it has been interesting to get to know a little bit more of your background because i you know when we first met met you and you're explaining how yeah yeah i was in the marines and i was i was in uh i was a combat videographer and 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 i'm probably using the wrong terms but all that stuff that I understood, I was kind of interested. I was like, how does, yeah, how does this apply here? Like let's, and he's into graphic design and I could see all that. So it was interesting to see like, okay, where's he going to go with this? And, um, cause most, I don't know, most military guys are like the expansion of creativity from one end of the spectrum to the other is like mind blowing to me anyways. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It just seems to me like a lot of people who come out of the military, like sometimes they, the really specialized stuff, they always seem to give to contractors. Mm-hmm. And like the low level stuff is usually what they give to, at least that's how it was when I was in, I was in the army. It was just like the really specialized stuff went to contractors and they, they didn't, I don't know. So anyway, my point here is I was like, huh, with that background, it'll be interesting to see what, what you can come up with and what you can do and all that kind of stuff. And, um, 
we were very, very impressed. So it's been good to know, like, or get to know, like, what is your background and all that? Where do you come from with this? And, right. and how, um, what you've been able to, to do with that. Um, I don't know. So my point here is it's just, it's been, that I wanted to ask you some more questions about that, about how does that work or how did that come with your, from your military background and, yeah. and, uh, what, what influences did you have there? And that has been, that's been interesting. It's been nice to get to, yeah. to talk to what you guys about that. What is fuddles, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. What is it? Oh, man, that, that's the number one question I get, especially when I wear the first shirt I ever made. You know, it's all cracked up now. It doesn't look good. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm a screen printer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? But no, uh, like, um, but what is puck fuddles? But like, um, even down to that, like, um, oh, man, I kind of lost thought of what I was going to say. Oh, you know, like uh, the... It, like expanding it um april was talking about earlier you know like you know hiring somebody to do video for you hiring somebody to do this hiring somebody that gets expensive yeah and i'm aware of that you know and like now like taking and honing those skills and being you know like i did it for for myself because i didn't want to hire somebody to spend ten thousand dollars on something but also i'm like well you know you can be you can have like the great things as, as as i see you guys produce you know, you can have great things and not have the cost too high up there. And you can have it as a business and, and be able to offer that too and not be like, hey, that's going to be $20,000 for me to design your website, you know, or, yeah. like, or hey, uh, you know, you want that commercial? Yeah, yeah, hey, let's get let's, let's make it a $5,000 budget, you know, where, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it goes into the equipment, and, you know, just make up all these charges. It's like you when you see it personally, you know when people are haggling you and hassling you. You know, and, and I think that's why I got into that. I was like, okay, well, I want to I want to teach myself these skills and, and be able to help other people too, you know. Like, hey, whatever we can do, like, let's, let's see what we can do with this. You know, like, let's take it to the next limit. You know, obviously there's not going to be an upcharge or anything, you know, for you or whatever it is. And, you know, there, there's finding that fine balance between living and, and giving, right? You know, right. you want to make sure your skills are, are worth what they're worth. But um, not cut yourself short either, because, yeah. you know, your time is valuable. Your your skill is valuable. So you want to price that appropriately. Yeah. But you don't want to be like a hospital and charge fifty dollars for a bag of saline. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right on that. And then, you know, we, like, we've been charge we, what you worth. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Angela tells me that all the time. I'm like, well, we could. She's like, nope. You set the prices, stay with the prices. And yeah. I was like, yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> don't go below and yeah, give it away, but don't, don't you yeah. know, rip people off. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. And, and and that's that's been a huge thing for us. You know, that that's why I hope we're we're gonna be that new age, you know, like, hey, let's let's help us let's help each other out. Let's obviously you know, because I think if, if we come together as small businesses as a community, we'll be able to help each other out tenfold you know, a lot more than, than, than most have, you know, and I, I know that's been the secret to success is, you know, like become part of the community network, everything of that sort. But, um, you know, Hey, we got the skill sets. We can help each other out, you know, that kind of thing yeah. and make some money and put some food on the table and buy a new fridge. Cause our fridge just broke down. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. it's always yep. something uh, breaking, right? Yeah. It's always something. <laughs> yeah. We have an oven that, Oh yeah, we have an oven. So Christmas to. dinner was, uh, interesting but yeah. i've done it so it was great it worked in our <laughs> oven well no off. traeger and everything's yes. still pop and crock pot but we got it yeah. done <laughs> traeger's the way to go i love i love my traeger <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Did, we did a prime rib on the traeger so yeah. oh. who needs an oven when you got a traeger exactly <laughs> it is an oven i even baked pies on the traeger heck yeah you can cook <laughs> 
cook pizzas. Oh, yeah. all the time we make mm-hmm. pizza on the yeah. Traeger. Heck yeah. 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 Well, shoot. Well, we uh, we're excited for you. Yeah. It's been nice to sit, be able to just like I know there's been times we've had little meetings and we've talked about this and that, and we're all in a rush and we're all mm-hmm. just going. It's nice to sit down and just be like, oh, let's have a talk about this and figure yeah. this out. I'm sure this will be. This won't be the last one. We'll catch up yeah. with you on uh, further events, what you guys are doing. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just want to tell you, we appreciate you guys, and we appreciate all the work you put on that label for us. It's helped really kind of put us on the map. We're starting to send bottles out all over. I'm getting, We're getting orders. and Oh, that's awesome. I'm writing notes to people like, hey, you're our first order in New Jersey. Hey, you know, like yeah. we just had one we got to go fill. West Virginia. West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. Sending them out to Florida. We're sending bottles yeah. all over the place. So oh, man, they're that's starting awesome. To, they're starting to. Yeah. Go out into man. the world. I'm so proud of you guys. Keep it up, yeah. man. Like, yeah, that's so exciting. You know, you're you're that you're that spotlight that I'm I'm looking up to both of you. So <laughs> oh, like, well, I, I want to make you. sure we're. I hope that one day we'll be, we'll, we'll be in the spot where we're like, hey, we're getting <laughs> New Jersey orders. <laughs> 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 oh, you guys will oh, keep it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, cool. Well, we'll do this another time. Thanks again, Absolutely. and uh, be safe on that drive home. Huh? It's crazy out there. Yeah. Huh?